Hello, welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. It's getting to be Christmas time. It's getting to be uh, called Brian Windhorst and the Hoop Collective. Brian, I'm sorry. I oh, don't you. understand why I keep interjecting. We're like two months into the season and you don't know that it's called Brian Windhorst and the Hoop Collective. It's your name, it's called Brian se- Windhorst. It's, se- well, l- it's self-effacing. Self-effacing. <laughs> That's what well, this hey, is. It's it, self-effacing. If Brian, if, Brian's, like if Brian can't get it right or he's too humble, we can sure as hell call it Ban McMahon in the Hoop Collective. <laughs> Lord knows humility's never been a problem for me. That's for damn sure. That's uh, the voice of uh, band Tim McMahon in Texas. Are you in Dallas, Texas, or in Houston? I know you were in Houston last night, McMahon. I'm in Dallas, and I just... I am sorry. I just am... Making coffee and forgot to put a mug there, so I've got a little issue. <laughs> Just drink it right out of the pot. Uh, the other voice you heard, of course, is Andrew Hahn. And the other other voice you heard is the great Jackie McMullen, who's joining us from Boston. Uh, we were just talking about you on the jump. We just wrapped uh, filming, not really a filming, it was live, of the jump, McMahon. And uh, we were talking about you um, and your coffee habits. And Rachel was... Uh, Call, shouting out your Luka Doncic story today, um, and uh, all you're reporting all year, in fact, on Luka Doncic, and I'm going to go see tonight in person for the first time Luka play for the Mavericks against the Clippers across the street. Um, you can even story, see a Hello Kitty backpack since they're on the road. You probably can't see a Mavs window because they are on the road. <laughs> That's right. What are they? What's their road mm. record? Two and something. Two, two and eleven. Uh, I've, I've. They are. I haven't looked at the standings. The home road standings the last couple of days, but they are pretty much, if not the best in the West, right up there. And, and I believe the Suns are the only team in the West with the worst road record. I'm best in the West at home, right there with the worst. Uh, actually, the Suns though got a road. But the win Suns have won night. a whole That's bunch. Right. Yeah. Oh, the they Suns won, have won in, like in Jackie's four in a row. backyard. How was that? First that? Their you know first what? I was at that game. game. I was at that game. I was there. I'm just going to tell you something. Now, the Celtics, we know this. That I'm not going to make any excuses for them because they look disinterested after going ahead 11-2 to two and then they decide, well, this game is over. And they like, if you could see me, I'd be w- wiping my hands together. But the Suns <laughs> kind of came after it. They played some pretty good defense. It, it kind of it just proves that like, everybody who thinks these really bad teams, that oh, anyone can beat them. No, not true. And a- Aiton was terrific. Of course, they're down every big in the world now with Baines with a broken hand. But... I was impressed with the effort of the Phoenix Suns last night. Uh, uh, Brian, on uh, Jackie's point, the Phoenix Suns have three road wins this season. That third one oh, being Oh, they in are Boston. better than the Mavs there. Yes. Well, yes. here's the thing. Yes, sir. There are, uh, there are two other teams that are tied with Dallas in terms of least road wins, Brian. Can you name the other two? Hmm. Cavaliers? Is Minnesota still I'm, one? I'm, I'm going oh. with bad records. McMahon has one. Minnesota is one of the teams that only has two wins. Wow, that's so bad. That's so bad for that two, team. Wait, two wins on the road? That's it? Two wins on the road. That's it that's for Minnesota. That's all the There's one more team wow. that also has two road wins. I, I think it's the Cavs have one too. Oh, Atlanta it's, Hawks. Atlanta Hawks. There you Atlanta go. Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta it's got to be. Be. Yep. be. Yeah, it's got to be them. The Hawks, gotta be them. Mavs, They're not trying Timberwolves to win. all have two wins each on the road this season. Yeah, and the Mavs, do, they do have the best tied with uh, Golden State for the and and the Nuggets, the mighty Nuggets, for the best home record in the West, which is if you hear if you hear clapping in the background, uh, Tracy McGrady is handing out pairs of shoes to everybody for Christmas, pairs of his signature shoes, and everybody's very excited. Are They've they got fire? everyone's name on them, Andrew. I didn't see one that said your name on them, Andrew. So I don't know. 
Uh, my name is uh, Ryan pair? Morst. Wendy. Just, uh... Wendy, did you get a <laughs> no, pair? No, uh, I did not get a pair. No. Um, okay. It's for our it's for our for our fine staff and crew here. Yes, um, as they deserve it. Steve Martinez yes. and the rest. Yes. Yes. Are you saying uh, Wendy doesn't deserve a pair of kicks? I'm saying that the guys behind the scenes deserve it more than than we do because we get all sorts of stuff. That's what I'm saying. Speak for yourself um, on that one, <laughs> Jackie. <laughs> So anyway, yes. by the way, the Suns the Suns have a four game win streak. It's the first four yes. game win streak in four years for the Suns. Which means it's the first four game win streak for Devin Booker in his career. This is his fourth right. season. And um, during this stretch, and I know it's a micro uh, stretch of the season, they rank fourth in defense uh, during this yeah, they stretch. Played great last night. Yeah. And it's surprising because they traded Trevor Ariza, who is allegedly one of their best defensive players. Mm, and I, I think, well, I think, I said given allegedly. The circumstances, given the circumstances, well, that was a that might be an addition by subtraction. I, I think Ariza was serving as a veteran leader, hence their spot in the standings. He he made a money grab and was quickly miserable. Of course, now he gets to be in Washington, where he has plenty of company in his misery. Yeah, how was that defense last miserable. night? Boy, did the did the Rockets have a lot of open threes. Woo. No kidding. A lot huh? of open threes. But you know what? It's yeah. funny you mentioned Ariza. I had two scouts tell me in the last two weeks that they had to get rid of Trevor Ariza. That's how bad yeah. he was in Phoenix. And I, I'm a Trevor Ariza fan. I find that incredibly disappointing. I mean, why else did I you think, think you were going there besides the money? Come on, man. I, he had 15 million reasons to go there. Well, Buck look, it up, I think Ariza's If you're going to do that, if you're going to take who... the money, come on. I think he's a great chemistry guy on a contender team. And, you know, obviously in a situation like the Suns, he's, yeah, he, he shuts down all the things that make him a great chemistry guy on a contender. Yeah, but that's disappointing. You know, like I, I, was, I was watching uh, the other night, I was watching Jared Dudley play for the Brooklyn Nets. You guys probably mm-hmm. saw that game. And that guy, you know, he doesn't have this, this skill set that anymore that he used to have or the skill set probably that Ariza has at this point. But he's a leader. That's what you want from a veteran guy like that. Yeah, and I think Dudley is a guy who, you know, even when he was in Phoenix, and obviously they didn't win much in in Brooklyn now, he really embraces the the role of, okay, you know, I'm I'm a vet on a really young team. It's my job to kind of show these guys the ropes. And, you know, frankly, he probably recognizes that it might allow him to stick around the league an extra uh, few years if he has a reputation as a great vet and a guy who's, you know, going to be good to have young pups around and, and those sorts of things. Where Ariza, you know, Ariza's a guy, he, he just wants to win. Um, and frankly, it, it Everybody wants to win, Tim. Ha- Come on now. Right. Everybody I'm not, wants I'm to not win. excusing him. I'm not excusing him. I'm saying, yeah. he, you know, and if he's not in a winning situation, then clearly he's, you know, he's going to shut it down like he did in Phoenix. Well, I have I mean, questions, heard, sons. Uh, I, I have qu- Go ahead. Go ahead, McMahon. No, I was going to say you just like I was reading stuff from Gina Mazel, the Athletic, and uh, you know how she got she got a, a, an interview with Ariza on his way out from shoot around. He, he's dressed and walking out, and the rest of the team's still on the floor. <laughs> you know, so yeah. yikes, yeah. Yeah, but Jamal well, Crawford, uh, same situation. At least he's out there giving it a go. He's probably not loving it either. Probably wondering if he made the right call. He could have gone to a place like Boston with, in a much lesser role, but. At least he's out there. He's he's on the bench. He's I watched him. I always watch these veterans to see how mm-hmm. they behave. So anyway, so I, I've criticized the Suns for um, some of their, and it's really not just me. It's executives that I've talked to who are scratching their heads. 
as to why they would, you know, I understand why they waived um, Darrell Arthur, who they took in a money dump over the summer. But to right. just waive Tyson Chandler and to waive Austin Rivers at this point in the schedule where they could still be used in trade situations as expiring contracts, um, some executives I talked to were really wondering why they would do that because it takes them out of a lot of opportunity. Um, and James Jones gave an, uh, an interview to, to Gina with The Athletic uh, just, I think, yesterday. And he basically said in a kind way that, you know, we made those decisions for chemistry purposes. It's, you know, I, I don't want to put words in James Jones' mouth, I, but he was basically saying he didn't I, want Austin Rivers around. Oh, okay, Austin Rivers. Or, or Trevor Ariza. I mean, look. <laughs> But to, I, I, I hope he's not lumping Tyson Chandler in there because I, well, I, I, I don't want to imply that. A, no, no. He was talking yeah. specifically about Austin, but I think if you look at the whole thing, I don't like even if you don't want Austin Rivers to play or if you don't want him around, I don't know why you wave him instantaneously. I think well, because that was it's not like the Suns don't have a, a, a recent history of telling guys, hey. <laughs> We don't care where you are; just can't be at the arena. Go hang out. You'll, you know, your your right. check will get but, there twice a month. Well, remember this too, trying, Brian. They they thought they traded him, though. Remember, they thought they traded him. That's right. So, in fairness to him, they thought they had a deal, and it fell through because we couldn't keep track of which Brooks they were trading. I mean, that is just the well, most no, hilarious. Story. They were oh, no, going to keep. It was going to yeah. be oh, even Ubre in that was situation. Ubre was uh, Austin Rivers was was still going to go to the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I think they yeah. were waving yeah. him along, but I, just, I think. Well, maybe, maybe. Anyway, there has been pretty tepid interest in him, and I, I you know, I like I'll get, for example, I've sniffed around. The Rockets don't seem to have any interest in him. I think that might be in large part because CP3s perhaps not really <laughs> eager to be his teammate. You think again. so? <laughs> that um, was kind. You're being kind. Hey, the fact that Ariz is not there help. Uh, uh, but what, what, what happened in that uh, uh, secret hallway last year? <laughs> yeah, a little, little something, something. And, and there's, I mean, I, look, I know for a fact CP3 kind of has this image of Austin Rivers as being a, you know, an entitled guy that, I, you know, being the coach's kid didn't help, which I also know really kind of stung Austin Rivers because he felt like, you know, CP3 was a guy he looked up to and tried to, you know, pattern his work ethic after da da da. But I'm just saying, Austin Rivers could help the Rockets. They're playing. Hoping Brandon Knight can give him minutes. Brandon Knight is, you know, he's he's coming out of two years of 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 you know recovering from bad knee problems. Austin Rivers, if nothing else, could help the lowest scoring bench in the league get some buckets. But there's there's not interest because for fair or not, and I personally like Austin Rivers, so you know maybe I'm a little biased here, but fair or not. He had, there's a reputation that he's not necessarily a guy you want on your on your uh, in your locker room. Well, well I but, think so. Uh, I think you have to. Uh, well, I was going to say it was magnified in in L.A. for obvious reasons. Obvious yeah. reasons, okay? Because of what? Because he was playing for his dad. He never asked for that, guys. He never asked for that. That's what Doc wanted, not what Austin wanted. Okay, let's start with that. I remember talking to Mike Dunleavy Jr. And asking him, would you ever want to play for your dad? He said, there was a time when I thought I had a chance to play for my dad. And I asked him, please don't do this to me. And please don't do this to you. And Mike Dunleavy Jr. is right. So Austin Rivers has value in this league. I find it impossible to believe there isn't a place for him on an NBA roster. I just don't believe that. Now, and, and his salary look, if, might if have been an me- issue, but that's no longer the issue. 
No, no, no. Right? It's not. That's no and if you're blaming Austin right. Rivers for the for the chemistry issues in in Washington, give me a break. Those were there long before him, and they'll be there long after him. We have a That's Austin right. Rivers stand right here with Tim McMahon. I didn't foresee that turn of uh, fate. No, I mean, what about? I just think he's definitely good enough to help a team. Like there's a well, hell of a lot worse yeah, players gonna, in the I'm, NBA right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna mention a team, and I'll see if you think he can help them. Ready? Mm-hmm. Golden State Warriors. Oh yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. He's got to be able to shoot the ball a little better. I mean, he had a, he was shooting the ball so poorly in Washington. He was you know under forty. They were they were barely two, they were barely playing yeah. him at the end. Yeah, they were. Barely and you know what? It's just yeah, you know. So I I, I agree with Tim. I think he I, and I don't think the Golden State Warriors is a bad guess. Uh, but I think there's other places too. I I, I mean it's this is one of those things. Look, where if Swaggy P helped the Warriors. If Swaggy P helped the Warriors, then Austin Rivers could help the Warriors. And he he was shooting the ball poorly, but I you know, look, he's he is twenty six years old and has a recent track record of, of being a, a productive rotation player. So it, you know, that'll be interesting. I mean, look, he's a guy who averaged fifteen uh fifteen points a game, fifteen points and four assists a game as recently as last season. I just have find it hard to believe he can't find anywhere in the league right now. He will. He will. My He'll guess is that Golden State will wait and see what develops in the general buyout market. Uh, they're in no hurry to add, but I think they could do with adding uh, a wing player, uh, especially an athlete. Um, but I'm getting all the way circling all the way back. I've criticized the Suns for some of their, um, you know, c- contract management, mm-hmm. but their decision to make these moves has led to better play, and more importantly. Uh, in my opinion, uh, DeAndre Ayton has looked like a force the last few games. He played great in New York, played great last night in Boston, and um, that's much more important than whether they win or lose these games, that Ayton can become more of a factor. And so he's coming out of his shell a little bit too. And by that, do you mean he's actually playing defense? Because he's, well, I mean, he look, he's, he's they, a 16 they look really active. Guy. They look really active defensively. Uh, to me, they did. Jackie, yeah, they were real, last night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they looked really good last night. Really good. So, so Jackie, know. the the Celtics have a really. Yeah, I would. It's not like a a brutal stretch, but they have a challenging bit of schedule. You know that that yes, winning do. streak that they had. That winning streak that they had, um, where they uh, you know really got their offense together. It wasn't against the toughest portion of their schedule. I was talking no, to. It was not. I think. Tim Bontemps either wrote or tweeted that they hadn't um, pl- beaten a, a 500 team since late November, and, and maybe it's because they hadn't even played one. Um, the Raptors, coming up, yeah, that double overtime, that I mean, that overtime wow. game against the Raptors, which was a great game. But I'm looking at their schedule right now. The over 500 team, they lost to the Jazz the next next night on a back to back. Lost the Jazz on the road to the Pelicans. Yeah, lost to the Mavs. Lost to the, they, I think they might have been at that time, but I'm not sure. Um, yeah, lost to the Mavs, but I don't know were they over 500 at that time because they're always hovering around. I want to say I want to say they were both 500 at that time. I think that win bumped the Mavs over. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, the so, Mavs are over 500 for at least a few more hours because they do have a road game tonight. The Clippers are not playing well. Just. Just so you know. No, yeah, it's unbelievable, right? Well. Yeah, they're they're, str- um, so, they're, str- they're scuffling. So, Jackie, coming up, the uh, the Celtics play the Bucks tomorrow on ESPN. Yep. Uh, then, Charlotte then, on 
Charlotte, Sunday, Philly. Yeah, I've got it right here because I'm I'm going to have Milwaukee Friday. Philly on Christmas, and they go on the road. Houston, Memphis, San Antonio. Um, Come home, Minnesota, Dallas. Yeah, not not easy. And the problem is now they're down. They're down a whole bunch of bigs. So uh, Aaron Baines broke his hand two two minutes into the game. Um, Yeah, Time Lord. And you know what? The thing about Time Lord, he's fun. And all, <laughs> but I'm watching the game but. last night, and the but well, the blocks are great. But like the thing is, every time he blocked it, he blocked it into somebody's lap on the other team. So I love blocks, but I really love them when you are either able to at least block them out of bounds, or more, or even better yet, block them to a you know where your teammate. So in other words, that the block is a change of possession. Is he is he one of these guys? And I haven't I have I admittedly haven't watched him a lot, but is he one of these guys also who? Will chase every block to the point where they're, he's given up offensive rebounds and he's out of just call the Hassan Whiteside principle, the Hassan yes. Whiteside. Yeah, a little bit. Disease. Yeah, there's a little bit of that going on. But he's he's agile, he's athletic. He he looks like he's get you know he's a little late, of course, on the rotations because he hasn't played a lot. I mean, he's a very nice, promising player. That's fine. Okay. Well, he's a little but bit late to everything. Now you get Baines out. <laughs> well, you got Baines right. Very good. Touche. Touche. Um. <laughs> You got Baines out. You got Horford out, which I'm I so just, another week where I'm cons- another week, yeah. Jackie. A week ago, I said I'm getting even more worried. I'm still worried. Um, As am I. And they keep insisting no surgery because I keep asking. It's knee tendonitis. Mm. They keep telling us with mm. Horford, but he makes a big difference. And and you know now you so you're now you're down to Tice and Robert Williams and y- even Yabaselli's out with a with a sprained ankle. And he's a big body that you know helps them from time to time if needed. So you're you're down some bigs, um, and uh, it's a depth it's a depth issue for sure. And you know Jalen Brown is still struggling. He was benched for the final seven minutes, eight minutes of that game last night. He's just not you know I was you know I went out after the game, a rarity for me. I didn't have to write, so I was out with my son who's home from school. Yay, Doug, and my husband and my brother-in-law, and we went just to grab a beer at the wonderful McGann's after the game, and everybody, and I mean everybody, came up to me, we got to trade Jalen Brown, we got to get him out of here. I'm like, <laughs> dudes, he's 21 years old. Just take a pill, you know? Just relax. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I just, uh, you know, the Celtics, I, I thought they had kind of turned the corner, and um, now, that, now they're in, they got some struggles going on, and well, I think we'll know a little bit more about because I, I thought I watched the I was going I was really mostly watching the Raptors Pacers game last night, mm-hmm. so I wish I could tell you that I was intently watching that. Uh, but I was here in our LAPC where we where we can put all, all the we can put seven games on at once, and I was kind of watching it a little bit. I just felt like the Celtics offense was just it was a mess again. Terry Rozier was shooting it every time he touched it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know what that is? Because you're ahead 11-2, to two and you look at the schedule. If you're Terry Rozier and all these guys that are looking for minutes and shots like Jalen mm-hmm. Brown, and you're like, all right, this is a blowout game. We're up to 11-2. I'm going to get mine. They, they, they all mm-hmm. sunk right back. And, you know, Kyrie was a little guilty of it at the end of the game. He was trying to go one-on-three penetration, uh, getting the sh- his shot whacked back out at him. He, he, he forced the issue. As well. I say it, you know, it's you know, kind of hard to blame Kyrie there, though, because how many times has he gone one on three in crunch time, and you know he scores sixteen in the fourth quarter, and they come back oh, yeah, from twelve yeah. down? No, I hear you. you know? I hear so, you. I'm, believe me, I'm not criticizing Kyrie Irving. I was just telling you guys before the show, yeah. before we started the pod, that 
the, the real plus minus, which we, as you know, Brian, we've used as a weapon against Kyrie Irving for I don't know how many seasons now. I just looked at it. He's number five overall in um, real plus minus. And on the defensive end of the floor, which is we've had a lot of fun at his expense. I mean, the only point guard I think that had worse numbers over the last couple of years was someone like Isaiah Thomas. Right now, he's got a plus defensive rating of 1.00 plus defensive rating, which puts him ahead of James Harden, Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, Michael Conley, Damian Lillard, and Jeru Holiday on the defensive end of the floor. So let's be who's number one. In, who's number one in real plus minus? I think it it must change. James I'm Harden, sure. James Harden by quite a bit, I believe. And Paul. Ooh, George by the way, you know Here's James Harden. Go ahead, go ahead, uh, Andrew the Hammerhorn. I just wanted to say that Kyrie Irving is sixth in defensive plus real plus minus amongst point guards. Can you guys name the five ahead of him? Um, probably. Harden, uh, Westbrook. Well, it's got to be Chris Paul. No, Chris no, Paul's no, Westbrook's one. behind. No. Chris Paul. Chris Paul is? Really? Chris Paul's yeah, ahead Chris of him. Paul. The rest yeah, of his of numbers are way is. down. Yeah, but he's always good on the defensive end of the floor. Yep. Always, always, always. So that never, Five that never changes. Five guards better than Kyrie Irving, according to defensive real plus minus. Chris Paul You're is one. Def- Just defense. Oh, defensive. Oh, well, so that would be Lowry would be one, right? Lowry would be one. Yes, Lowry's fifth. Um, so in, in the top five, are you saying, or just overall? Yeah, because Kyrie Irving is sixth amongst Lonzo Lonzo Ball? Lonzo Ball is not. Lonzo Ball is 21st. Hmm. Really? Hmm. Um, well, what about his teammate, Marcus Smart? There you go, Jackie. Marcus Smart's number one. Point guard, defensive, yeah, real really plus minus. Him yeah. Point guard, though. That's oh, and uh, Simmons. It must be Simmons too. Ben Simmons. We're talking just defense. Is, just defense. Just yeah. defense. Ben Simmons is number yeah. four. There you go. Yeah, Jackie yeah. gets them all. The only one I don't is think this, you guys is this look Jackie's at. first year covering the league. <laughs> uh, Corey Joseph <laughs> is number three. Oh man, I wouldn't have gotten that one. Sorry. Yeah. No so, offense that, to Corey oh, Joseph. That was on the tip. That was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, Marcus Smart's been unbelievable. Marcus Smart's been really disappointing last couple nights for the Pacers. I watched their last two games. They lost to Cleveland two nights ago. Victor yeah, Oladipo. Yeah. What they obviously weren't playing well, but Victor Oladipo missed three free throws in like the last fifteen seconds. And then now he was fouled. He was absolutely fouled. The league came out and said he was fouled on the tip in. Uh, Larry Nance tipped the ball in to win, but he was he didn't he was not effective at doing anything as Larry Nance. I mean, he was fouled. Okay, well, I don't know what to say. Then the yeah. next night, yes, again, they are the, the officials hurt them because it's pretty clear that uh, Boyan Bogdanovich was fouled on a shot at the end of the game. Right. <laughs> I didn't even need the replay because when you watch the last play, um, the, the Raptors players didn't celebrate. They just assumed mm. that the foul would be called, and they didn't, and so they escaped with a one point. So the Pacers won seven in a row, and then a back to back one point losses. But Victor Oladipo again in that game had an eight second violation when he like yeah, walked the crazy. ball up, and then he, on the next possession he dribbled out the clock and then drove into traffic, ended up in a jump ball, and. Uh, I know if you're a Pacer fan, you're like, my God, we've been screwed by the refs two straight games, and I agree. You know, I the, the, I don't think the la- I haven't seen the last two minute report for today, but I'm I gotta believe that that will mm-hmm. be a world of foul on OGM Nobi at the end there. But they did not close that game, and I will just go back to the playoff series they played against the Cavs last year, where they were 
in my mind, the better team over the seven games and should have won that series, but let a couple of games get away from them, and that's an issue. But um, well, also, to- if you if you lose to the Cavs, these Cavs, you you kind of lose the right to. If you let them hang around, you kind of lose the right to that's whine about refereeing true. because come on now. Well, um, the Pacers, but- it's all about it's all about offense, though, Brian. They they I think they've been close to number one all year in terms of giving up opponents' points per game. I mean. That's been true almost the whole year. It's always about what are they going to do. You know, they're, they're a little bit like the Celtics in that regard, right? They can are they, can very... They get, can they have flow on the offensive end of the floor, you know? Yeah, they're about like 20th or 21st in the league in offense. They, yeah. they are a very old-school team. They do not uh, play with pace. I think they're like... No, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but a couple of days ago they were like 27th. Um, they, they, I think, are 27th or 28th in three-pointers attempted. Their percentages right. are good. Top five in um, percentage. Um, yeah, they decent. don't they don't switch on defense. They play yeah, a very no, you know funny. they they play um, you know they they play you know Nate McMillan just he plays sort of old school oh, you know old school again being like 2011 basketball right. Um, so anyway, but talking about real plus minus and James Harden uh, McMahon, uh, you were at the game last night. Rockets, is this real? Well, look. Nobody thought the Rockets were as bad as their record was before this five-game win streak. Um, and, you know, so you, I always felt like, okay, at some point, like, are they going to get on a roll? And, and, you know, we'll see. You know, they've they've got to go. They're in Miami tonight and, you know, back-to-back, blah, blah, blah. But it looks like they're rolling. And, and certainly Harden is, I mean, Harden's playing as well as he did last year. Matter of fact, Harden's averaging a career high in points. His, uh, you know, his like true shooting percentage, effective field goal, all that stuff is is even better than it was last year. The only reason Harden's not in the early MVP conversation is because the Rockets, as a as a team, haven't played well. And it's interesting because they've they've gone to this starting lineup with Eric Gordon in it, and you know they're five and zero since Eric Gordon got plugged in the starting lineup. But the trippy part of that is. That starting lineup's been crap. I mean, the net rating, I haven't looked it up today, but the net rating for the season with that lineup is like minus 12 and change going into last night. Uh, during the, the first four games of the win streak, it was like minus 16. But this, this no name for the most part bench, you know, that they call it the, the greenhouse effect, Gerald Green and Daniel House, who's on a two-way contract, you know, a guy they picked up off the scrap heap in the middle of last year and got a two-way contract. They're playing well, and, and you know that CP3 in the bench unit is uh, is is back, uh, you know, playing well again. And I, I tend to think I don't think obviously that they're as elite as they were last year, but I tend to think the Rockets, on the whole, or in you know when we look back at the season, are going to be much closer to what we're seeing during this five game uh, little stretch here than for the first whatever it was twenty five games of the year. Hmm. I mean, well, so one of the things I've heard, and I don't know if you've heard this, Brian, too, is people say to me, well, I think the Rockets are getting better, but Chris Paul is done. I'm like, what do you mean Chris Paul is done? What does that mean? You know, what does yeah. that mean? He's not done. But but what they're talking about is he can't get by people the way he used yeah. to with that great first step. And so that's an adjustment for a Hall of Fame player. And um, as you said earlier, Tim, his shooting percentages are down now. I think there was an elbow, wasn't there? It was an elbow. There was. There he had, he had elbow tendonitis, and then obviously he had the hamstring that kept him out. But part of the Always. problem, yep. 
Yeah, is look, durability is going to be a major concern, and that's typically not the thing that uh, eases as you get older. And when you look at small guards playing into their mid-30s and, uh, you know, playing at a high level into their mid-30s and beyond, you know, at at an all-star level, I'll give you John Stockton and find me another one. There's not. And obviously Stockton had, you know, while CP3, look, CP3's basketball IQ is obviously... Uh, you know, Off the charts, uh, yeah. an all-time great level, but he does rely a lot more on you know the, the quickness and the and the ISO play, you know, the, the the handle being able to beat guys off the dribble, than Stockton, who was your you know classic run the team, pick and roll point guard, and I and I do think you know even talking to some folks uh, around the team. Uh, I think CP3 is, is you know, he's going to probably have to lean more on his ability to facilitate than his ability to, to, to isolate. Right, right. And, so and uh, you know, Jackie, it's a $160 million deal, so he, he's got yeah. to be Jackie, not just good, but really good for, for the Rockets was, to be relevant. I was mm-hmm. talking to a personnel guy this week, and he just said to me, he can't move. Can't move. I ask. Yeah, I ask. Move. I ask almost every scout that I see. You know that I have. A, that I. That I know. I, I say, hey, you know. Do any of them have a dog? CP3. Just kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of them. <laughs> At least one of them. Um, but like a scout, I asked last week, and you know, scouts, I, I, I love them, but you know, they can they can be a little high. What, how do you say that word? Hyperbolic? Is that a yeah. whatever? Yeah. The right yeah, way to I say that. You. Hyperbolic. Um, right. There you go, that one. Hyperbole. Uh, That's a joke. <laughs> oh, LOL. Um, anyways, I asked yeah. one, I said, I said, hey, what are you seeing from CP3? And he looked at me and goes, he's old. Like just, yeah. yeah. And I, again, I am hesitant to say, oh my gosh, this guy's done because he's dropped off significantly for roughly a third of a season. But certainly, he even when you watch him, he does not look the same as he did last year when he was just, you know, if he got if he got a switch on a big, it was an automatic bucket last year. That ain't the case this year. So my my thought here is, let's just play this game. Chris Paul doesn't hurt his hamstring. Somehow the Houston Rockets upend mm-hmm. the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, and they go and they win a championship. And then four games in this year, Chris Paul hurts his hamstring. Nobody cares. You know what I mean? Right. The four years, $160 million, nobody cares. You won them one. And that's the whole thing about these deals, right? It's a lot of money, and now everyone can say, well, that was a dumb deal. Why did they make that deal? Now they're going to be paying a guy that's old and can't get it done and can't put them over the top. But if he he had done it last year, no one would be saying that. So that's why I always think it's unfair to have that argument, you know? Yeah, and and, and I say, okay, so, and first of all, anybody with any idea of reality understands that that contract was agreed upon, but you know, before the trade was even made. So it's not like the decision was made last summer, but you know, no, of course not. What, what do you, so, so what are you going to do? You're going to be that close to winning a championship, a, a hamstring away from winning a championship. You have seen the chemistry that people doubted would exist between him and James Harden. You've seen how good that could be, how great it could be. What are you going to do? You're going to say, okay, we've got this championship window cracked open. Uh, we'll just close it. Man, we'll figure out how to find another potential superstar. To, to I mean, what are you going to do? Of course you keep well, the guy. 
Now, the problem is you keep them and you say, boy, mm, you know, okay, that last year at 44 mil, boy, that's probably going to be painful. But hopefully there's three great years leading up to it. And so, you know, you're hoping it's probably realistically a three-year window. And if it's, you know, if they're, if he's not good enough to be the number two guy on a title team right now, then, you know, it is a $160 million problem. Uh, right. Brian, are you? Do you have anything else to say on this specific thing? Um, no, I mean, I could say, but I would just be filling. Okay. Well, because I just wanted to make sure, because I'm noting this. Mid-rolling. You're mid-rolling. We're, mi- we're mid-rolling. We're going to a commercial break. If you're listening to this on some platform, then it goes to commercial break. Brian, you're going to tell us about how uh, Kobe, LeBron, and Durant all were going to end up on the Celtics that time while they're listening right. to a commercial. Now we're back at a commercial. I just wanted to ask, Chris Paul is 33 years old. Apparently a bunch of scouts are saying he's old and he's struggling to move. There's another superstar player that's 33 years old, Brian. His name's LeBron James. Why is he still so, oh, so I thought spry? I you said J.J. Barea. <laughs> <laughs> is J.J. playing? <laughs> is J.J. playing at Staples tonight? I, uh, I'm yeah. behind. I don't know if we- I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, know he was Jose, out recently. Jose Wan, Jose Wan will be in the house. But, right, uh, yeah, yeah, the guy who plays at Staples 41 games a year now, plus probably, it's, I, I think, at least a two-round playoff run. Probably folks want to hear a little bit more about LeBron. Uh, 34 years old at the end of, <laughs> at the end of next week. Um, but more interesting about than about uh, how he's playing is what he said, which was that he wants to play with Anthony Davis and Shocking. I've had a I know but I've had to explain this nuance a little bit in the last 48 hours if LeBron is in a scrum and he is very available he's one of the most available star players I always say but if LeBron is in a scrum and he is asked do you want to play with Carmelo Anthony which is what happened that night mm-hmm. uh, he obviously could answer it several different ways he could say uh, that's not up to me, or hey, uh, we wish Carmelo the best. Um, you know, right now we're focused on the Lakers, uh, blah, blah, blah. Or he could do something a little bit interesting and put his front office under a little bit of pressure and say, I'd love to play with him. You know, it'd be great if we could work that out, which is what he said. It's, but again, it's one thing if he has asked something in a scrum and gives an answer to it. I think we all can relate to this. Um, uh, you know, I could ask McMahon. I could put. I could ask you a, a controversial question and put you on skates. You know, um, uh, but try me. This this particular. I'll I'll stay away from it. This particular um, situation. It was outside a scrum, and he told Dave McMenamin that he wanted it on the record. And I can mm-hmm. just tell you from knowing LeBron. He knew exactly what he was doing. Now, the quote, as Jackie course, just yeah, what, what it, basically, what it, basically what he was saying is, hey, I want this quote to dominate the news cycle for the next however yeah, many exactly. days. Be- because we're playing the Pelicans on Friday. But also because, what he wanted. because also because we all know that the Lakers are lining up to get Anthony Davis. You know, And I have to tell people here in Boston all the time, now we all know that Danny Ainge and the Celtics have been lusting after Dan- Anthony Davis probably since he was in the second grade. Okay, but never once have I believed that he's actually coming here. And then whenever 
he be- went to clutch sports, I'm convinced he wasn't coming here. So the way I see this, Brian, is, I mean, I understand why it's news, but to me it's like, no, the greatest player is saying, okay, here's the dude I want. Jeannie Buss can't say it. Rob Polinka can't say it. Irvin Magic Johnson will say it, and it'll cost him $2 million. So I'll say it. <laughs> Bring this dude right. here. And, um, and, and your point before when you said about Carmelo, when LeBron could say, well, it, that's not up to me. When has LeBron ever said anything is not up to me? Everything's up he's to him. A, that's the beauty of him. He's occasionally so that's the best said thing over about Right. Well, I, I love when he plays passive-aggressive GM. It's just it makes me smile. He has said at times, I just, you know, I, I, you know, I, 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 don't, I just uh, play. I'm, not, I'm just a player. I don't, yeah, but uh, none of us you know, believe that. Not for a second. And no, you know what? I know. It's the thing I, I admire most about LeBron was that he literally hijacked the NBA and made the, gave the players all the power. He did it for himself mm-hmm. and by proxy has now done it for Kevin Durant. And it's one of the greatest things about LeBron James. So all, let's, not although in, in, let's not pretend in, no, he's in, not doing that. In defense of LeBron, though, if he was... Well, I'm not, I'm not criticizing him. I'm lauding him, I know. actually. I, I, I understand, but I'm saying if he had GM powers, that Kyrie trade wasn't getting done in Cleveland. So there, there is an example of, of him not having the, at least the final say. Certainly, well, he's got a ton of say. Here's well, the thing. P- people, want, people who have this conversation who don't really understand how it works with LeBron think that it's a binary. He either is the GM or he isn't the GM. He either says what he wants and it gets done or it doesn't. The reality is that there are shades of gray. There are times when he will say, go get me J.R. Smith and I'll put him under Mm -hmm. my wing and make sure he gets on this straight and narrow. There are other times when he'll get asked, hey, um, we'd love to know how you feel about our head coach before we make a decision. And he's like, "Um, I, I just collect checks around here. I don't make any decisions. He will go... Other different ways. So he, and, and the other thing is, he never really wants to take ownership of a decision. Or, I mean, I shouldn't say never. He typically Until does not want to take ownership. Right. So he, you know, for example, he would say, hey, look, um, it would be awesome to play with Carmelo. I would love it. Um, that puts the Lakers in a, in a sort of a weird spot. If he came out and said, bring Carmelo Anthony here, I will make sure that it works. And if it doesn't, you can blame me. I mean, he would never say that because he doesn't want to take ownership of that decision. And the Cavs had gotten tired of the way he sort of straddled the line. And they said, hey, LeBron, if you don't want us to trade Kyrie, extend your contract. And so that at yeah. least we know that we have you. And LeBron said, I'm not extending my contract. And they said, well, then we don't care what you think about it. Mm-hmm. Essentially, well, fair I mean, fair. They didn't, yeah, say, fair. They didn't fair. say they didn't say those words, but this is their actions said those words. Right. Um, and let me ask but, you this question. Truth serum. Brian, let's do truth serum. We inject LeBron in those brawny muscles with some truth serum. As much as he likes Camarlo Anthony, do you think he really wants him on the Los Angeles Lakers? Truth serum. Probably. Mm, I think he'd like probably to have him, not. but I think. Pro- but he understands why. See, this is the difference to me. He, he would like to have Carmelo Anthony because he's his friend and he figures he could get the most out of him. And that's because he believes in himself and believes he can move mountains. And that, again, is great. But in his heart of hearts, he knows that it isn't worth fighting over. It's not worth it. Yeah. He, he understands exactly why the Lakers won't do it. Okay, And that's why this is the, the beauty of this Anthony Davis thing is he knows it's exactly what the Lakers want. Of course they do. Every team in the league should want Anthony Davis on their team. 
So LeBron can say it, save all the fines, say all the nonsense, but get the mm-hmm. word out to Anthony Davis. I love you. I want you here. Yo, brother, we'll catch up with you this summer when you can make this happen. And, and you know, I think um, reading Zach Lowe, who, who caught up with Anthony Davis last night in Milwaukee, and there was a line in there about a, a, a Pelican staffer basically suggested somebody asked LeBron, okay, which teammates you giving up are you willing to trade to get Anthony Davis? And, and that answer is anyone you want. Any, all of them, like, duh. And by the way, anybody with the Lakers who doesn't realize that they would be shipped to New Orleans in a heartbeat if Anthony Davis is coming to L.A., I mean, come on. They're fooling themselves. Let's ask a, but, let's ask a more but relevant But the point question. is, okay, go ahead. Jackie, which Celtics players would be untouchable in an Anthony Davis trade? Only one. Only one. Jason Tatum. See, I, I, I think even that. Maybe like, Kyrie. Anthony Maybe Davis. Kyrie. If you, I, if you I can get Anthony no, Davis, I'm with you. everybody I'm with has you. to be available. But see, Right, I get you, but and maybe well, maybe if a, it came down to it, they would do that. But Jason Tatum is a factor. They're pretty, sh- yeah. And there's they've there's got picks. Well, they can't the trade him. Is, they can't even right. trade for him, right? Because of Kyrie, not right now. they have to wait. Right, but right, mm-hmm. well, we all understand that. Yeah, it's not going to happen right now is, anyway, Brian. This is all right. our our own little imaginations. All of us, we're all so full of it when we come to talking this because well, nothing's well, going to happen this year. It'll happen maybe this well, summer. Well, and LeBron's imagination. Yeah, because he's I, setting I, the table for later. It's not going to happen at the February trade deadline. It may happen no. at the, we'll see where the Pelicans, how they do. It very well could happen this summer. That, to me, is is, is very fine. But so to Yeah, if a Supermax like, extension is turned down, then then it's on the table. But until, yeah, that until, is, until then, the Pelicans are told, right. hey, I'm not staying, then they're going to hold out hope. And, by the way, let as say they three, should. Let me say three things. Let me say three things real quick. One... I think if Anthony Davis would pledge that he would resign with the Celtics, that would be a very important factor. Of course. I think Jason Tatum would be on the table. If he doesn't pledge that, I think that changes the offer. That changes the offer, by the way, for every team. Everybody. Um, two, two, I do think it's relevant to point out and why I think it's worth talking about this week that the Lakers would really be beneficial to try to get him during the season. Because in the off season they have to compete with the Celtics, and I don't think they can outbid right. them. Right, and so you I know, think but it that won't matter, Brian. But it won't matter if they can if they can't outbid them. If Anthony Davis says to the Celtics, "Sorry, I don't want to go there. I want to go to L.A." Well, that's true. That's, but I also think for the Pelicans, happens. I think for the Pelicans, even if they want to trade for him, they would all they would want Boston in the bidding. <laughs> they would not want to do it before gotcha. Boston could bid. So the only reason right, I, it's I relevant, it. yeah. It's only reason it's relevant to bring it up now is to get Anthony Davis to say, I'm not doing it. And I, he said it today right. in, in, in mid-December. Just make sure he doesn't yeah. say it in February, trade me the Lakers. Because if he does, all hell's going to break loose to steal a term from our guy, uh, Woj. The third thing I'm going to yeah. say is, I, and I have been as guilty of this as anybody, saying over and over and over, you know, uh, well, they have the Supermax, they have the Supermax. I don't think that Anthony Davis is going to sign a four or five year contract. My guess mm-hmm. is he's going to go the KD route I know, or the LeBron I know route. He's, I know he's had some injury issues, and so I'm not saying he's going to take a one year deal. But my guess is, no matter where he signs, he's going to go short with flexibility. So I don't even know. Even if even if the Pelicans get to the finals this year and he doesn't want to go anywhere, I'm not sure he's he's going that route just yet. Maybe he will. Maybe the not. money will be enticing. Mm-hmm. But that's those are just. 
those are just three points I, I wanted to make about it. And but he, but I will say this, and you know, and I know that the, the Pelican fans are they get very antsy and they get very upset. And I can just say, guys, I totally relate. I was in Cleveland when the Cavs were petrified that LeBron was going to leave, and that was a sixty-win team that was the number one overall seed. Uh, the Pelicans are under five hundred at you know nearing Christmas. You know, right? Um, but I give. Don't you give Anthony you know, <clears throat> Sorry, don't you give Anthony please. Davis a ton of credit by the way he's handled this, though, Brian? I do. Absolutely, he's been consistent Absolutely. with his loyalty to the team that he is, the uniform he is wearing. That doesn't mean he he has rights. And at some point, I do believe, as you do, I think that he will exercise them. I don't expect him to begin his end his career in New Orleans. I do think he's going to end up in either L.A. or Boston, maybe somewhere else we haven't even thought of yet. But he's handled it so beautifully. He's handled it the right way, continues to handle it the right way. And I agree with you on the two-year deal because that's, again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. He can thank LeBron James. They can all thank LeBron James because they have literally taken over control of free agency. It always used to be in the hands of the owners and the GMs. It is no longer. It just simply isn't. And it's not a coincidence that Rich Paul, LeBron James's best friend, is his new agent. Yeah, and I think Anthony Davis made the agent switch, knowing that there could be some dirty work ahead. Um, yes, and and I, and I don't think necessarily it guarantees Lakers. I, I mean, I, Charles Barkley was on ESPN today and said, you know, I think he used the word "the fix was in." Mm-hmm. And when Charles says things, people always pay attention, even though his predictions, his analysis <laughs> of the games are phenomenal. His 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 read of situations and predictions. I love you, Charles, but are not the best. His one-liners are uh, phenomenal. Sometimes his analysis is also interesting. But go on. Yeah, uh, who he play for? He's a stream right? of consciousness uh, guy. He's a stream of consciousness guy. That's he's right. an entertainer. Uh, you're right. Um, he is an entertainer, and he is a great entertainer. Um, uh, but I, I wouldn't make the assumption. I wouldn't if I was a Laker fan. I wouldn't make the assumption that just because he's got Rich Paul, Rich Paul has a responsibility to Anthony Davis. In fact, right. I would even argue I would even argue Rich Paul's responsibility to LeBron is very limited from here on in. He's got a 4-year contract. Obviously, he's always mm-hmm. going to take care of him first, but um um oh, did you guys now, have Brian, to... Brian, 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 stop. I'm calling shenanigans right now. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Big word. Rich Paul is a lot more to LeBron James than his agent. They are best friends. You don't think he wants to help LeBron? You don't think he would? If you, if you, let's do this truth serum again because I've got another little syringe in my bag, and now I'm going to inject it into Rich Paul. And you said, where would you love to see Anthony Davis wind up? Are you going to tell me he doesn't say the Lakers? Come on now. Um, yes, I think he would, but I also think that he wants to build an agency business that lasts for 20 years longer than LeBron is in the league. And you don't Fair do enough. that by only servicing one client. If I'm Anthony not Davis, he's only, right? I get that, but all I'm saying is, all things being equal, all things being equal. Because by the way, delivering Anthony Davis to the Lakers is not a bad thing for Anthony Davis. So it's not like no, he's, and, he, and, and know, it's not a bad thing for saying? his marketability either. Well, and right. if Anthony so, Davis uh, says to Rich, "Get me to the Lakers." And Rich would be servicing Anthony Davis's wishes, not LeBron's. Right, but the only reason I'm bringing this up is we cannot don't we cannot pretend that Rich Paul and LeBron James have strictly a professional relationship because that's shenanigans. I'm sorry. No, I that's agree all. with that. And th- all I would say is this: my my dealings with Rich Paul, uh, and by the way, I piss him off regularly. 
he is angry at me once every two weeks. Okay. Um, yeah, but that's everybody deal, you deal with. That's not that's not untrue. Um, trust me, I infuriate fan bases by the day. Um, uh, my dealings with Rich Paul, and I have no motivation. I am not in business with Rich Paul. Uh, I, I have no motivation to say this. Uh, you know, uh, I don't get scoops. Like, you know, go look at the scoops on his clients. They're not coming to me. Um, uh, I will say this is 100% objective. Rich Paul is about business. He wants to make the best business deal. Now, as you said, Jackie, all things being equal, L.A. But if all That's things all aren't equal... Yeah, I'm not questioning Rich Paul's integrity. He's a very smart guy. I I think I have a great respect for Rich Paul. That's not, I'm not suggesting that, but I just think that to, we have to be clear to everybody that it isn't just a business relationship, but LeBron just isn't. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's true. That's true. And you say, you say all things being equal. I would say all things being close to equal. I mean, look, but you know what? The Lakers are going to have those kind of, of tiebreakers. With a lot of agents, regardless right. of, you know what yep, I'm saying? No, I mean, no, it, no it is the Lakers, no, it no is question. L.A., and now they are set up to be legitimate contenders. So the Lakers, I mean, they've got a huge advantage over the vast majority of franchises. Andrew, would you like some affordable luxury? I would love affordable luxury. Are you interested in being stylish and yet trendy at the same time? Brian, are you looking at my wish list? Because these are all things that I want. What about something innovative? What about something that has quality, that's made by the Swiss? Yeah. Is it chocolate? Are you talking about chocolate? Well, yes, chocolate, of course. But also Tissot watches, especially the Tissot Chrono XL, which is perfect for you, Andrew. I can already see it on your wrist. I can already see people admiring it as you walk through the studios here at ESPN, out on the streets of LA Live at NBA games. Uh, it's just, this watch was made for you, especially because told, I'm told I'm an XL kind of person. That's true. Especially because you work with the NBA and Tiso is the official timekeeper of the NBA. And Tiso, as I just said, brings performance and style to the game, just like they would bring performance and style to you, Andrew. And I just think you'd look fabulous in it. And, I don't know. We'll see if under the Christmas tree there's a special little gift for you with the Tissot logo on it. Um, Andrew, you or any of our listeners can shop Tissot at com and get one of these fine timepieces, or they're available at select watch and jewelry stores nationwide. Follow hashtag ThisIsYourTime and Tissot.us on Facebook and Instagram to get some more information about it. This holiday season, get the NBA fan in your life the NBA junkie in your life, or even the casual NBA participant in your life, a Tissot watch. In addition to the Chronos, Tissot Team Quicksters are 50% off, which you're never going to beat that deal. And they're available only at us.tissoshop.com. Again, that's us.tissoshop.com. All Go things ahead, being equal or, or close to equal, then Los Angeles has an advantage, like Tim said, over a lot of people. I don't think that Rich Paul and LeBron their relationship outside of client agent is terribly unique either. There are other players that have like very close relationships with their agents, don't they? Like Durant mm-hmm. and client come like to mind. Yeah, but they didn't yeah, grow up together. Like Come on now. No, sure. no, no. Okay. Shenanigans okay. again. Another shenanigans. 
pulling it out. <laughs> My goodness. Man. Rick, oh, Rick I Paul. Jackie should Jackie have LeBron's full of shenanigans she and strategies. <laughs> I'm just trying um, to keep you guys on the straight and narrow. That's all. That's LeBron's first, LeBron's first ever television commercial was a commercial for Sprite, um, and it uh, it's, it was you know kind of comical. He's he's with some friends, and he says, "Man, they're like, hey, LeBron, are you excited about your first NBA game?" He goes, "I don't know, my neck's kind of sore," and he sort of turns his neck, and you hear this terrible cracking, crunching sound, and. You you flash to a cameo for Rich Paul, Rich Paul. who's in it <laughs> as a 22 year old, and it's LeBron, you know, cracking a Sprite bottle underneath his arm. It's not really his neck. That was his first ever commercial. Rich was in it, so he was t- yeah. putting Rich in commercials when Rich was 22. So Jackie, your point is is well taken, um, but I would say I'm telling you, if you're a Lakers fan, do not as you know. He'll kick the ball into the fairway, maybe if it's a yard in the rough. But if it's way out of line, I don't think, I don't think he's oh, going to do that. Did you guys? He's going to do the best for his client. But all I'm saying is, it might be one and the same. That's all. Did you Did you guys see uh, the the video with LeBron giving his son, his younger son, Bryce, encouragement? Mm-hmm. Top. Yeah, yeah. Um, now I, I would just the, the 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 cynical guy in me says, um, well, LeBron knew he was miked and on camera, um, of but. Uh, well, you know, you're, uh, I, I only have a one-year-old, but both of you have daughters who play, uh, uh, well, you, uh, you, you've, you've had, uh, a son and a daughter who played sports, right, Jackie? And, and Tim, you have daughters yeah. who play basketball. What did you, mm-hmm. what did you think of that moment? Uh, real quick, just to summarize, his son looks to be a little bit upset, his son Bryce, and LeBron sits down and he says, hey, you made three really good plays. I know you didn't score, but you got this offensive rebound and you made this outlet pass. And I, I, I genuinely think he cheered him up. Um, I thought it was oh, a beautiful moment. What you, did you guys think yeah. about that? Tim, go ahead. No, I, I, no I, I definitely thought it was cool. Um, and, I mean, you know, it's, I can't sit here and tell you I can totally – relate to it simply because can you imagine the pressure of being LeBron James son playing right. you know it, it playing basketball I mean trust me my daughters don't have that kind of <laughs> they, they don't have that they kind don't. of pressure <laughs> you know it's funny though Well Jackie was it's a funny. college basketball star so maybe her was she was she was but was you know what my uh, my older daughter she she's kind of fallen back in love with basketball but volleyball has been her main sport and one of the main reasons it's been her main sport is because she knows that I know Jack beep about it. And so if I try to coach her up in volleyball, she, her response is, I know more about this than you do. And if I try <laughs> to coach her up in basketball, her response is, oh, I don't want to hear it. I just want to go play with my friends. Right, right. Hey, look, I, I um, much, much prefer what I saw with LeBron and his young son to him screaming at him for missing shots. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, right. So that, that's, this is the kind of father I like. I think uh, Tim's point, Gwen's, he's wearing his, his number six penny while he's getting the talk. You know, yeah. it's, uh, it's not an easy world. And, uh, and it's, it's going to be public everywhere they all go. That's just the deal. They all know it. They've, they've, you know, they're going to have to immerse themselves in that. And it's very hard to be a parent, I think, um, who knows a lot about the game, which clearly LeBron does, to sit and not say anything. It's hard to do, and he's going to have mm-hmm. to do it. But that doesn't ever mean that he can't encourage his son or kick his son in the rear end if he's throwing the ball all over the place or being a ball hog or whatever. And uh, and so, you know, I, I, I think it's, 
it's one of the coolest things in the world to watch your child per- perform in a sporting event, but it's also one of the most agonizing things in the world. It's so can be when, brutal, brutal. When LeBron, when LeBron's first son was born, he had to leave training camp uh, to do it, and um, uh, it was a, it was considered controversial at the time because he was not married, and you know it was two thousand four. The world was a little bit different viewed, um, and. There was an, it was an arranged that I would interview him. So, because he was going to be missing a few days and there had to be an explanation of why. And, um, he told me, you know, that he was going to give him his, his name. He knew it was a boy and he was going to name him LeBron Jr. And because he felt like, uh, it would keep him responsible because his own father was not in his life. And he said, I want to be, uh, there when, where my father wasn't. And so I'm going to give him my name. So that I'm always reminded of that. And it, he was very genuine and very emotional in that moment when he was 19 years old in 2004. And so recently he gave another interview where he said he now mm-hmm. regrets giving his son his name because of all the pressure that comes with it. And that made me a little melancholy because I remembered what his reasoning was at the time that he was named him. Um, but I think it just shows what Tim was saying, which is that, you know, LeBron has to be a parent in a world where there's social media and everything. Although this video looked like he might have allowed it out there, but uh, um, I liked the hug with I, the I, mom I, at the end. By the way, well, he, I liked he the put hug it on Instagram, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. allowed Listen, it. Listen, he, there. yeah, he wants this. I mean, it's fine. Again, it's this is the kid's going to be out there anyway. He might as well once again control the narrative. Why not? Instead yeah, of somebody I, else saying, oh, you know, LeBron's kid, I thought, you know, messed up, whatever, who knows, I just, you know. I just thought it was a very nice moment. So, all right, well, uh, we're going to uh, get going here, and uh, we are going to do a podcast at the start of next week, um, the three of us, so that you can enjoy us uh, on your holiday travels. I know that that's essential for your holiday travels. Um, yep. But, uh, no Jackie shenanigans Tim, next week, you. we promise. No shenanigans, we promise <laughs> I, next I, week. I, right, I guys? never agreed to that. I never agreed to that. Uh, what yeah, if we Jackie did an only it. shenanigans podcast? Oh, that would be so fun. Would... Can we do that for Christmas? <laughs> Come on, can we? Don't can we, we do... please? Please? Don't we do that? Oh, that would be so out. fun. Jackie, I fun. want you to continue calling out shenanigans. That's one of your most important roles in addition to predicting Real Press Minus rankings. Uh, all right, oh, thank I you do love Real Press Minus. I know you do, uh, and you're very good at it. And uh, thank you for listening to Hoop Collective Podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone. 